What's up? Welcome to the minefield. My name is Joshua Michael. We've got Colin back and our resident BA, Mr. Tony Morales. What's going on, gentlemen? Nobody can see me raising the roof. No. <laughs> like Booker T and We're all raising the roof like, <laughs> as if it does a thing for anybody. My favorite is from Little Nicky. who is like, yeah, no, no, your friend Fitzy helped your wife conceive your child all night long. And he's like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> now, I years, geez. I don't think I've ever seen it. My girlfriend quotes it all the time. Dude, it's rad. It's one of the best. It's, one of, the, it's one of his better movies. It's one of his better movies. Mm. Now, speaking of better movies, now we don't have any sponsors, but I would like to promote the Manscape nose hair trimmer. It's awesome. That's a movie? No, I it's a it's a product. I'm I'm using it right now. It looks like a little tiny vibrator. But it man, like nose hairs gone. Yeah, yeah. The only, the only thing that sucks about it is is because like, like I I'm always self conscious about like nose hair, like a and uh. It, it completely just eradicates them. You you won't even feel it. But when you get boogers, that's awesome. When you what, get, what's it? What is it again? It's called Manscaped. Manscaped. It's called Manscaped. Look at it. Look, look, look at it. Looking. Ah. Cool. I wrote it down. Dude, it's like thirty bucks, and they're always selling out of this motherfucker. It took me like two months for I was able until they had them available. But what sucks? The only bad thing about it is that. When you get boogers, it's real fucking hard to get them. <laughs> they, they, they've got nothing. I don't get boogers. You got, it's because you've got asthma and all your allergies and shit. <laughs> asthma, I do not have asthma. Nerd. <laughs> That's because I use a neti pot in the morning, and so I probably maybe get boogers around five, six p.m. Uh, on a day's work, and I. Dude, you, you gotta know, be you yeah. gotta be careful with those neti pots. You have to bleach those before you use them because you can. Like some bacteria will get in there, and I've heard of some bad shit happening with neti pots. I've heard of it happening in two instances ever, and uh, mine gets sterilized. I use distilled water. I uh, I use I let it dry out completely before I use it. I've got like three of them, so I rotate them out to make sure they're completely dry. Nothing you own, no humidifier, no shoes, no towels. No coffee makers. Nothing you own should should always have some degree of moisture in it. It should get completely dried out at one point or another. Every time I go on a go out of town for a weekend, I make sure my coffee maker is cleaned out and it's going to sit there and dry out while I'm gone. I don't know. Just man. one of those things. One of my favorite things in the world is wetting shit up. Yeah, 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 I get that. I get that. <laughs> I don't get it. Uh, maybe. But it, what are we talking about? I know, right? Pretty soon, Tony's going to be getting, grilling. Tony's voice is going to drop, and he's going to start getting hair in funny places, and we start thinking about girls. <laughs> Colton Spawn there. I don't know how he's got that beard already. I lost then. my hair like 10 years ago. Come on. Yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. dude you got to see his kid, man. I, sh- I shaved the cat. <laughs> Connor Morales of the Clan Morales. His kid has better hair than me, dude. It's bullshit. He, like the kid, dude, looks, those, the, the kid yeah, looks like straight up Eddie Van Halen, man. Awesome, right? dude. My kid's hair is phenomenal. Oh so God. much so that I ended up having to get my wife freaking a Van Halen um, freaking vinyl for Mother's Day. Dude, which one? Uh, free, I don't even remember off the top of my head, but freaking she popped huge for it. 
Dude, was like, I, yeah. oh, we had just been talking about the whole thing because Josh had mentioned it, and then her uh, her boss at work had mentioned it, and freaking uh, I got it for her, and she just laughed so hard. She's like, of course, mm-hmm. of course it'd be this Sweet. one. Uh, yes. I'm looking forward to uh, a Sigur Rós release of uh, the Valtteri uh, on vinyl coming up at the beginning of June. But um, yeah, the last time, I, if you if you all are in the Tulsa anytime, you go by Starship Records. It's not like it was when I was in high school, but uh, the new Starship ha- still they've got a load of records and they they definitely had some Van Halen. Uh, I did not get them, but there's I'm trying to remember the name of it, but there's a, a big mid-century. Uh, theme going on in the art art uh, an art deco theme going on in the antique mall situation in Tulsa and there's this one store probably at about like 15th and Yale that had a mad load of legit good quality vintage vinyl they know what they've got they know what it's worth and they were stacked on Van Halen if you're into that what am uh, I uh, I definitely am one of my nice. favorite quotes from Malcolm in the Middle was when uh, Hal was confessing his love to Lois, and he's like, "I love you more than the I love you more than the first three Van Halen records." And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that, that made such perfect sense. <laughs> and he's like, and he's like, I even I, I like I, I even the, the the last three like even those ones they weren't that good, but <laughs> but like it, it, it perfectly translated. And uh, oh, I gotta close my window. I live. I live directly under a uh, the descent for an airport. Oh yeah, I gotta say. Uh, I know you know. I do love the David Lee Roth related music. I do not like him as a person. Uh, I think he's a frustrating character, but he was clearly very good at what he does. So when it comes down to like, you know, musical professionalism, I think Van Hagar is where it's at. I love all of those songs that Sammy Hagar sang and performed, and like it just it just crushes. I I, I guess I I grew up just late enough in the Van Halen that that it was with uh, Sammy Hagar as the lead man or the front man, and it it those songs all rocked me completely. And then when I moved up here, I started working with this buddy Travis and. Just Van Halen all the time, us listening to Van Halen, but it was the Sammy Hagar, and I think it was that professionalism we appreciated uh, more than the talent. Well, I can understand. Which is the, insane. I can understand the professionalism, but minefielders, uh, Colin does not speak for all of us at all. <laughs> no, I never do. I never do <laughs> at all. Um, now I'm glad that you do enjoy some Van Hagar, uh, but I Ooh. do not at all <laughs> i i think it's but i, I do gotta say and uh, i'm not trying to put a, make it a bummer but i do really love the fact that the last words that Vinny and uh Vinny and uh dime said to each other before they were killed on stage it was a tradition they fist bumped and said van halen that was their that was their ritual like, oh wow that's yeah, cool nice it was their ritual that was what they said for good luck and unfortunately it didn't work that night that's not a joke but um I, I love the fact that that was the last words that they said to each other, Van Halen. Mm. But we got. Yeah, it's, uh, I think I think the word Van Halen. I think those words are kind of like they 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 have a mystical quality. I think they really mean something about American musicianship, and and uh, you could use them as a as an incantation or a spell. I agree. Now, guys, anyway, we got comics. We got comics. You, you got you're turning into a pumpkin earlier tonight, so we're gonna go straight. Uh, I'm gonna go through the list here. We've got 
Legend of the Dark Knight number one, The Flash number 770, Nightwing number 80, Wonder Girl number one, Hyperion the Imperial Guard number one, Heroes Reborn one and motherfucking two, Peter Parker the Amazing Shutterbug number one, Robocop Dead or Alive volume one, and we are starting with this motherfucker. I am, you had me like on the jazz today, dude, man, like this one, uh, yeah. this one, like you, you messaged like you hadn't read anything current or whatever the hell you said. And uh, you said Robocop and I, I it, it come, it came up on comiXology. Couldn't put it down. Yeah. Yeah. This is sick, dude. I was in, uh, St. Louis, Missouri, visiting some family a little bit ago. We have a family member that's not doing so well. And, uh, we, you know, his brother, my cousin, we were, we were touring around town a little bit, checking out some of the old spots. And we went by, there was a half price books. I don't have a problem buying comics at half price books. I don't have a problem buying anything there. No. Uh, but I'm going to say, if you can find volumes of stuff at your local comics retailer, I would say, get them there. But, uh, this book, this, this book came out in 2015. So, you know, it's not, not going to come up as easily as you might think. And, um, if it's on this, if it's on the app, then, you know, Hey, check it out. But, uh, if you can find it physically, this is totally worth it. I just sent a a screenshot of some of the art to the, uh, to the chat we're in right now. Yes. So Tony can take a peek. Uh, a little peak ski over it like how like check out this wonderful double page splash page man like robocop just executing the oh some the some big creeps. shootout yeah insane let me say how this goes down basically this is uh how many issues are in this i already forgot like six at least five oh is it six uh, i really appreciated that the title like the separations the bookends of each chapter yeah uh, are very RoboCop. It's got a very subdued OCP logo. Um, it's got the prime directives, one after the other. Serve the public trust. Uh, what was the next one? Protect the innocent, etc. And that, I mean, everything about this book, this this one book is better than all of RoboCop three. I would wait. I would. I would. And this has the feeling of cinematic quality too, 100%. because. Yeah, man. I mean, it introduces an interesting villain who comes in who's like, hey, what's going on in Detroit? We need to mess stuff up like we used to. We need to do something interesting. And I just got out of prison. Yeah, but we got to be smart about it. And his buddy's like, dude, you can't we can't do anything. Robocop's messing it all up for us. We can't do anything. It's like, you know what? We don't need to have a party. Robocop is that party. We got to find a way to take Robocop down. So it kind of makes me think of the Joker and Batman coming after batman like this is what we got to do is get batman out of the way so we can so we can do what we need to do mm-hmm. uh like the first frame in this is that goofball character i'd buy that for a dollar and yep. so you automatically know you've got something good here and this is really good like rasterized effects on this it's definitely high quality illustrations it's not it's very and 90s then, a lot of cross hatching a lot of stippling uh-huh uh melded with some great digital coloring and it's it's i there was not one panel i didn't like like you know when we're talking about a bunch of talking heads and shit like that no like Uh great great poses uh absolutely encapsulated what robocop is about and you know down to the uh you know the the introduction of the villain and we get this guy it's you know like fuck this guy you know what do you think he's a cowboy and then uh, Detroit decides to in- implement a uh, we're going to confiscate all unregistered guns and 
it's he's the uh, what do you call it like not, he's not the spin he's he's a spin doctor he's a, all these different things yeah he's, yeah he's 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 a huckster he's a he's a David Koresh he comes in he's a rabble rouser he is uh, the type of guy that says you know he he's setting up something to where he can put himself into the forefront right. and uh, become a public figure he's that gives the, the give the public what they want he's exactly a man of the people. <laughs> Yeah. And oh, you and can't then, take uh, our guns? We can't take exactly. guns. This whole thing is about gun control. And the entire time I'm reading it, I'm going like, what is, okay, what's going on in this future that the Second Amendment doesn't persist any longer? Oh, exactly and that's what's the happening pro- right I mean, that's, now? It's, <laughs> it is exactly what's happening right now. There's all of these municipalities and loca- loca- locales that have their own rules saying who can have what type of firearms and stuff like that. And if you've ever seen a society that needed guns, it's Detroit in the RoboCop franchise. 100%. And and then because RoboCop can't be everywhere. And I I dig that because the villain makes really good points. He sets this situation up with, uh, with... with the old man at OCP and the mayor, the same mayor we've been uh, we've been dealing with for multiple movies. Correct. And um, even the TV show. Uh, yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, dude, and now that's the thing. I got to go back and watch that show. Shit, I never yeah. watched it. Shit, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I want to find that show. That show was boss. Yeah, boss. But like, you know, the whole point is, Detroit is losing its weapons. Everybody's upset about it. Uh, there's a SWAT team that's literally coming around and like just confiscating guns from everyone. I don't know how that doesn't result in enormous shootouts. Right. The, the thing is, there are so many things happening between the pages that this needs to be a much bigger book than it is. Even the big like monster truck drive around craziness later in the issue when Robocop's getting dragged around in that giant vault. Yeah. Like, Dude, there's and then they're just like, yeah, hey, by the way, we off panel managed to pull this stuff from the bad guys and solve the situation. I feel like I'm just going if this were a movie, that would have been the meat and potatoes of the action sequence. Is RoboCop finding it's it's like Terminator 2 where it's truck versus truck, grenade launcher versus, you know, whatever. RoboCop would have been doing that stuff. And that's the crazy thing is that RoboCop is very different in this. He is a tank. He is known to be slow moving and loud and everyone thinks they've got a bead on him because of these things. But his, he's, he's still finding ways to uh, blow everybody's per, uh, blow out their, their concepts on him. Now uh, I now, gotta say, I, sorry, what go now when it comes to that is they added a, an extra beat of humanity. Like they, like a couple extra things here, for example, like our, our, our new villain here, uh, immediately we see from robocop's vision he's zooming in like if like fantasizing like you see the crosshairs on his face fantasizing about like i want to blow this guy's fucking head off and but Mm -hmm. he doesn't uh we've got his partner who is he finds out is taking the test to be a detective and he gets butthurt about it he like he he gives her you know he gives a few jabs about that you know like he's not okay with it but you know, we, we get to the point where he is, you know, eventually the humanity comes in like, hey, man, like, you know, I was he didn't say a flat out I was hurt about it. But what he said in his own special way was I was hurt about it, but you deserve it. And I'm stuck here. I'll get another partner. It's OK. The other thing that uh, when it comes to uh, character development here is the, the, the development of the, the bad guy here. So they, mm-hmm. that we see him. 
as a scumbag watching this great shootout. He like calls him a cowboy, and next thing you know, like they're implementing the uh, the uh, restriction of unregistered guns, and then he's he's leading the rally, he's leading the people, and then this guy's like, hey, I need my gun, you know. Uh, if someone robs my liquor store, you know, I'm done. Like this is my right. this is my bread and butter, and and uh, later on that night, uh, of course, uh, the the truck driver guys that we see in this awesome kick ass bar brawl, I love this. Uh, they, they show up at the guy's liquor store and of course our main villain shows up and he's like, Oh, thank God. And the puts a bullet in his head. Like, okay, great. Makes perfect sense. We're, we, there's our, there's our fucking sacrificial lamb. And we, we get to, we get to where he's on TV the next day. He's like, Hey, we just talked to this guy yesterday. If only he had a gun, uh, he could have prevented, exactly. he could have yeah. prevented yeah. this. And we all saw him yesterday <clears> and now, and uh, it, it's just it's stirring the it's stirring the pot. He, he, like they say, you, 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 he's poking the uh, the sleeping uh, lion and sleeping bear, the, the bear the, poking the, the bear, the bear. And we like I love how they they don't go too retro. We only got a couple little bits of of uh, movie nostalgia. The I'd buy that for a dollar guy, and then yeah, we, and then we get to see the newscasters. Uh, Mm-hmm. How how the news is being developed and in in broadcast to people, we've got inept inept detectives and while RoboCop is it's it's just we got to hit the beat. We're we're going through this guy's a criminal, but someone's erased his shit. Uh, fuck it, we'll just go through the actual physical files. Good thing I can read fast and uh, take us to the uh, take us to the uh, main meat and the potatoes here on this one because obviously. Uh, it, it's, it reads really fast, Minefielders. It reads real fast. It really did. Dude, I, I just, I, I just, put, this wasn't a meal. This was a, an energy shake, dude. I just, I just swallowed this thing whole. Um, but the crazy pages. thing, yeah, it's just not a lot. And it's begging me to find the second volume of I this and see how you, far this goes. Gave you the password to Comixology. It's already, I already started it. All right, cool. I will look at it. My appreciation for this is the is the bits of nostalgia because there are the things that are consistent from one of the features to the next. You've got the the cranky uh, police captain back at the precinct uh, who is an actor from Oklahoma City, by the way. And then you've got that business at the beginning with uh, Lewis is popping her gum. That's just that's BS that they made. They force fucked everybody into dealing with in the third RoboCop movie. Um, but I appreciate all of these bad guys because they're it, two or three of them are at least as fleshed out as like the bad guys in the crow. Like we, you know, th- this guy's personality and that guy's thing. And here's this guy's gimmick. Uh, they reference Clarence Boddicker. They do all of that stuff. Right. Um, so it just, it feels like this seamlessly slides into the franchise. The, the meat and potatoes really is the fact that, this doesn't hold back. This is a hard R book. The dropping the f bombs, the violence is serious. The uh, the gore is there. It is guns. It is topical because RoboCop is extraordinarily topical. Just like all of the Rambo that we covered uh, last year, and just like um, uh, God, I can't think of the other thing now. Photos, but, um, photos just came through when you when you talk about gore. Uh, they finally gotcha, just, yeah. they finally just said Morales go ahead and, and uh, uh, check out on the on the group chat and Facebook we see the you see the splash page of the the shootout and but then check mm-hmm. out this gore he's flat out punching a guy so hard his eyeballs pop, popping out of his face 
and don't even don't even forget this. Yeah, yeah, like they, smashing yep, these yep. two dudes' heads um, together. I, 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 already, I already sent that. That's exactly yeah. What was, yeah the, the, I mean, the, the brains going everywhere. Uh, you will I'm, not I'm, hurt Officer Lewis. <laughs> exactly. I mean, everything about this is is definitely setting up more issues. But these six issues feel like themselves to be a a very uh, contiguous. You know, one one set of story. This feels like its own full movie, begging for a second, 100%. a second volume in the same story. 100%. Uh, yeah, I mean, was it has this, it has it all. Was this action IDW? shootout? Uh, no, you know what? Or let me it, let or me. Or is, it, uh, or is it Boom? This is a Boom Studios. Yeah, this is uh, Joshua Williamson. Carlos Magno is the artist. Marissa Louise is the colorist, and Ed Dukesher is the letterer um and there are a variety of different covers i can tell that there were a there's a there's a whole thing in the back with all of the variant covers if you're into that kind of thing and uh some of them are pretty good some of them are very 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 stylized on uh, top of it yeah oh yeah i love that they added all that um Morales, what was your first introduction of robocop like how did you like did your dad make you watch it or like an older cousin or something like that I just remember watching it back in the day. I think we just watched it like as a family, really. Kind of, yeah. Just kind of sat down and watched it. Like, I don't think my dad knew exactly what it was at the time, but freaking like, yeah. No, I see the, I see what you mean with that freaking, that hard R on there, man. Those are some awesome freaking, awesome drawings, freaking awesome art. Somebody posted on Facebook yesterday. Uh, there's all these things like, Hey, if you, what's your unpopular opinion or whatever, or something like that. And, uh, somebody posted one that said, uh, what's something you did that as a kid that was awesome that you'd never get away with now. And right now I'm thinking, sit around as a family and watch a hard R movie like RoboCop or Predator or Terminator Mm -hmm. or aliens or freaking, I don't know, Poltergeist. I remember watching Poltergeist on HBO with my family, the kids from down the street and their family, and the kids Gnarly. across the street and their family. Gnarly. And after it was over, we all went for a walk, and it was sunset. And it was just like, this is our lives, man. Like, I can't believe we are all okay with some of the crazy stuff we watched growing up as families. The first, yeah. But yeah, man. The first rated R movie I was technically allowed to watch with my family was Terminator 2. And I'm not sure if that was like, is it my, if it was Reddit or no, my mom was cool with um, me watching horror movies if it was on like TV and shit. Mm-hmm. But if it was like something we would just rented, like I remember renting, they rented Terminator 2, and I was like stressing the fuck out, like please God, whatever is listening, let me see this fucking movie. <laughs> and, and and sure enough, like it was me, my sister, and my dad and my mom is well, obviously it's just the four of us. And it was just, it was glorious. <laughs> it was- Dude, for real. My entire Taekwondo class was in the same theater that I was in with my dad and my brother when we went to see Terminator 2. And we had this, we had a bunch of tough guys in there. But at the end, we're all standing around and I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing what the big kids are doing, you know? Like, these guys are adults. They're over 20. And like, one of this, there was this dude, Wayne, and he was like, man, yeah, I just had that one little, that one little man tear. 
when he was going into the lava there. And I was like, he cried. Like I didn't even cry. <laughs> and then years after the fact, you watch it again and again and again. And then one day you watch it and you haven't watched it. And you just freaking wrecked over that. So it's for real. Dude, yeah, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Hundo. Uh, has, uh, if you don't mind me asking, uh, both of you gentlemen, um, what's the first Red Dead movie you let your kids watch? I haven't yet. Connor six, so my boy is yeah. My boy is about to be twelve. The Matrix. That was straight rated up. R. Yeah, I think it was rated R. I could be wrong. No, let's, you, let's no, look it up. No, somebody look that up. I will. Give me a second. I feel. It was rated R because it had so many, I think it had so many F-bombs and, you know, some technical gore and stuff like that. R. But, uh, is it R? R. It, though it's rated yeah. R for violence, some pretty gross, including an icky bug that enters the hero's body through his belly button. And exactly. Language. Most teens you are 14, correct. Rated R. Most teens 14 and up or who are begging to see it should be able to handle it without a problem. 14 and up. Jesus fucking Christ. Let me let me tell you what's so crazy about that to me right now, and it's not the R, it's the it's the storyline of the Matrix, and this is this is a tangent, and I'm sorry because I'm the one who has to you know like keep things going. My boy and I have been playing the Star Wars RPG, the West End one that I reference all the time, and he's playing a hacker character who's twenty something, and he's in the post Return of the Jedi pre Thrawn era. And uh, he's like, I'm going to get in. I'm going to hack something and blah, blah, blah. So I automatically was like, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> like, how do, how do I run this game? So I instantly had a Trinity-type character drop a skeleton key on him that allows him to, like, instantly hack anything he wants to. Nice. And my boy has not figured out that he could do anything with this. But because he just – he hasn't seen how dangerous the Internet could be. And, like – I'm thinking this is like the MacGuffin in the movie Sneakers. I don't yeah. know if you guys ever saw that. Um, Absolutely. But uh, every time he rolls uh, like a slicing roll, he's like, okay, it's a 15. And I'm like, it's 68. And he's like, oh, cool. Well, I passed that. And then he rolls it again and he gets like a 12. And he's like, and I'm like, 103. So I'm, ex I'm just growing the number every time. When it, once it hits 1,000, like the whole world is going to come down on him super fierce. Awesome. And at the same time, I thought to myself, what if he hacks into something so serious that he realizes that the Jedi are like the rebels in Matrix and the Sith are like the programs and everybody like space travel actually happens and all of these different worlds and aliens are all out there and everything is what it is. And the Galactic Empire collapsed. But what if that was that moment where the galactic of humanity was like, oh, yeah, we got past that now, blah, blah, blah. But what we didn't realize was that the empire is really still controlling us through this. And, you know, he's not going to come in like a Jedi. He's a hacker. And then I was like, well, I don't want to just rip that off. I'm already ripping off sneakers and I'm ripping off like all of these other stories. It's more like hackers than anything else. But it's just been really entertaining. We've got to run through three 
major storylines for him so far and i finally got him off world and he's going you, off on a mission with some people you but need, you need to get a playstation 4 just in general <laughs> um the reason why if you if you want to have him have some fun hacking is uh enter the matrix which was an mm-hmm. inter- integral part of the uh trilogy it should, it should have actually been uh one and a half actually i remember uh, or, that or, yeah or, or one and three quarters if you're counting the animatrix but uh, it's like, uh, did you watch it? No, no, no. One and a half, one, uh, three quarters should be Animatrix in terms of... Uh, you and I watched the Animatrix that one time. Yeah. Um, the, the thing about it is that is... Uh, no, Animatrix first. Yeah, Animatrix first. Um, you're able to hack the Matrix. If you know how to work a DOS like prompt, mm-hmm. you, you can figure it out and start typing words in and figuring out how to do drops. Uh all the scenes where Niobe and Ghost showed up, uh, you're racing to get there. Like, remember when Morpheus yeah, is falling yeah, off, totally. falling totally. off the uh, the explosion happens, or you no, know, not the explosion yet. He's falling off the uh, the semi truck in that the freeway chase truck scene. The, you have what was to, that a Mustang or what a GTO? It was GTO. You had to get your ass. You had to get your ass there. Um, mm-hmm. The other thing is, is if you want to have even more fun, one of my favorite PlayStation Two games of all time was The Matrix: The Path of Neo. Because you don't get to uh-huh. be, you don't get to be you don't get to be Neo in Enter the Matrix, which is the only video game until that happened that was Matrix oriented. And but this one, you you wake up, you have the choice to take the red or blue pill. You have to get out of the the office. You have to uh, meet Seraph. I mean, you have to. There's so many great fun things about it. The weird thing about it, and sorry to get on such a tangent on this, but you brought up the Matrix, man. You know how I'm about that, dude. Um, yeah, we're never going to shut up about it now. It is, uh, <laughs> is right at the end, it's like when you have to fight all, you know, Smith, and then eventually like die, you know, like, like or give up, so he, the the machines can plug back into the Matrix, is that that connection had been severed. Was the, the game got interrupted and the Wachowskis all of a sudden went white and they're in those like those uh, leather red chairs that Morpheus was in when he first showed uh, Neo what the real world was. Uh, they're like, listen, we know that this is how the movie went out, but this is still a video game and you still have to have a big badass boss to fight. So here's your big badass <laughs> boss to fight and all the Smiths like jump together and form this giant like Robo Smith. <laughs> and and cool. you, you, it was really cool, man. It was a lot of goddamn fun. It was it was one of the few games I ever like finished the completion. Like I'm not good at video games, but that one was that one was a, like, a good month. It was a kick-ass month. Nice, awesome, man. But uh, we got yeah, we got we got to move on because you're turning to pumpkin soon. Uh, we got RoboCop. God bless RoboCop. That was a good book, man. I, I got to read the rest of it. Well, I, I, you have the passwords for everything. I'll, have to I'll look at it. I'll have to resend it to you again. You have an iPad. Fucking Tony's got an iPad. Read I the goddamn books, you bastards. It's, I read, it's, I not, read the, the it's not the at reading. World's end, or the, at World's End. It's the only one I've read so far. And Hope's End, whatever the internet exclusive one was, all I've got. Nice. All right, well. Tony, I need to give us some other ones. We got all four apps, man. We got Comic Flow, Comixology, Marvel Unlimited, and DC Infinite. Because oh, that's the that one was the tits when it first came out before HBO Go took over. Because you did mm-hmm. like uh, before we move on, it was you would say okay, so the Invisibles just first came out, and mm-hmm. 
you you would go to, you'd find it. It would recommend, hey, the Invisibles just came out. Do you want to watch episode one or do you want to read the comics? You'd click episode one, watch episode one, which is, let me just tell you how it went for me. And then it it ended, and then it gave me the choice: would you like to watch episode two or would you like to read the comic books? Starting with issue one, and then I scrolled down a little bit further. Would you like to read the comics or would you like to only read the Grant Morrison shit? That's Whoa. that's how intuitive it was. Like like the like the people that made it knew that there's gonna be people like me that's like I've read some of the original shit. Um, I want the Grant Morrison one, and it was just, it was perfectly set there. And then you'd finish reading issue one of of that, and then uh, do you want to watch episode two or do you want to read issue two? Like fucking like I just want to live in this app. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I was a little butthurt at first when HBO bought everything, but considering how many awesome uh, animes that they've put on HBO Max that was not on the app, like uh, we, we, uh, a couple <clears throat> weeks ago, um, we did a review over um, Apocalypse Wars. Uh-huh. God damn, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's what we got, man. Like, uh, what do you guys want to do next? That was a hard R. That was a hard R. That was that should have been an NC seventeen one. I mean, it, it, what they what they did to Cyborg alone should have been an NC seventeen. And and for our listeners that don't know NC seventeen, it doesn't mean back in the seventies it did mean rated X, but it wasn't. It didn't mean it was a porno. It just meant there. It just it was more extreme. Oh yeah. It, it was more extreme than a rated R movie could be. But it was taboo because NC-17 movies didn't make any money in the theaters, so they just didn't do it, and or or show them in the theaters. And then of course, Triple X is you know uh, you know adult films. But um, I really think that Apocalypse War should have been an NC-17. That was that was heavy. That was yeah. It, it, just in the emotional content alone, I mean, just the, like the little jokes. Uh, there was like three jokes in the movie, and the rest was just like Constantine just drinking. <laughs> the, the sheer amount of alcohol abuse and that should have been yeah. that, him and him and it's a <laughs> yes sir yes sir uh but mm. we we gotta move on what do we got we got you turn it you turn it pumpkin we gotta all right so let's do uh let's read a book let's read a book uh let's do heroes reborn hmm all right so i did not know anything about squadron supreme i don't know jack shit about him in my mind, these were like all new characters. So mm. let me let crazy. Me, let me pull up uh, issue one. So basically, what happens is we do not have the luxury of what happened with onslaught. I'm not not onslaught. Um, Age of Apocalypse. Age of Apocalypse started with Legion War one, two, three, and four. Remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, Legion goes back in time. He's doing everything he can to David Holler to impress his dad, and he's going to go back in time. He's going to kill Magneto, and the biggest threat that could possibly happen is over and done. Obviously, it didn't work out. Uh, Xavier threw himself in the way to stop Magneto from dying, and Holler kills his dad, ushering in Age of Apocalypse. All we have for a uh, point of reference is Bishop. Of course, it has to be Bishop. I loved it. But this is a reverse thing. Our point of contact here that only remembers what has happened, and he's he woke up, and he all of a sudden the Age of Heroes is over. There's no such thing as the Avengers. There's no such thing as the X Men. 
and our right. po- our point of con uh, of contact <clears throat> is Blade. Really? It's Blade. Really? Blade is hanging out in L.A. and he sees Robbie Robertson. Just you know, not Rob, not Robbie Robertson. That's a different Robbie, but different uh, Ghost Rider Robbie. Uh, riding on his bike, like, damn it, Robbie, you're the slowest guy in L.A. And he, Blade's like, hey, I'm looking for the Ghost Rider. And Robbie looks at him like, fuck you talking about? And just keeps cruising on on his bicycle. And we have the Squadron Supreme that has taken over. Like, it's 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 White House mandated. They're, they're there to stop anything immediately. Uh, for some reason, they are using the negative zone as a prison. Yeah. And we we see there's been a, a mini escape. Doom has escaped. You have turned Latberry against me and like and they're like, Well, what you mean like we let you know free elections go on? Fuck you. Okay, yeah, fine. Hyperion's like, yeah, okay, then blame me. <laughs> blame me for that. And uh the, Doom is immediately qualmed, even though he has the Sidorak crystal. <laughs> like like he becomes the 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 the, the, the doomer Doom or not, or like, like I can't remember exactly how they put it. But Jugger Doom. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I saw the Jugger Doom. Yeah. And he's immediately just done. Like they, 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 he, he's immediately squashed. We've got Peter Parker who is about to get bit by the. And actually, I'm gonna have to do all of them at once because it's kind of all encapsulating. We've got the, oh, one and two of Heroes Reborn, and we have. Peter Parker, the Amazing Shutterbug, and Hyperion and the Imperial Guard. So, Parker is about to get bit by the radioactive spider, but lo and behold, he gets shoved on the ground by Flash, and the radioactive spider is crushed, and he goes home, and he's just, you know, he got picked on again. He graduates from high school. Um, Aunt May and Uncle Ben are there. Everything's great. Aunt May calls him like, "Hey, you're you're uh, he's going to school in New York. Hey, uh, your uncle's taking me to a really fancy dinner tonight. I'm going to Gambles, not Gimbles, if you if you're familiar with old school uh, department stores." Um, <laughs> and uh, Hyperion is having a huge battle with Ultron, which is powered by Hank Pym. So a lot of a lot of the awesome. a lot of the people uh, in the Avengers are gone, never heard from, or never existed. And then there's some villains and some heroes that have become different aspects. Like the Imagine Ultron being powered by an over overpowered Hank Pym and there's nothing left of Hank inside. Hyperion immediately destroys him. But unfortunately, during the battle, uh parts of Ultron uh not Ultron, it was it was that was I'm confusing it with a different battle. A battle happens that's later on with uh, Parker, but uh, during the battle, part of the gambles is destroyed where Aunt May went to go get a dress, and we immediately go straight to Ben and, and Peter uh, crying over uh, May's grave. And he's completely unpowered. Uh, other things have escaped from the negative zone, and Parker gets bit by uh, some sort of spider thing. He turns into a giant tarantula, pretty much, and he says, fuck it, I got it. <laughs> I gotta save everyone here. I got bit. He kills it. He throws himself out the window to die. Hyperion sees in the uh, in the newspaper that Parker had been turned into a giant tarantula. But they're also making it extremely DC homage. There's a Batman yeah. character. Yeah. There, there's That's a Nighthawk. Yeah, Nighthawk. And then we've got uh, we've got. Uh, um, 
God, I'm spacing those names right now. Uh, we've got Hyperion. Hyperion. Hyperion, who is basically Superman, because he came from another mm-hmm. planet, a dying planet, raised with the blood and guts of the red, white, and blue, and but he's he's so much more powerful than Superman. I mean, like he stopped Galactus. He flew straight through Gal- Galactus. Shows up to drain the Earth of its energy, and he just flies straight through Galactus' head. Boom, done collapsed like when when did all of this happen this is all in the pages of, of heroes reborn one and two and then uh, uh, of course the uh, peter parker amazing shutterbug every you have to read everything all together and then okay that's what i'm getting okay yeah because the way this thing read that i've been the way that the book that i read came down i was like is th- what have i been like totally spacing for no, a while I'm like yes only, admittedly i have but this is four. all brand new there's only four but they're also in in uh, tony you're gonna love this they're playing off the <clears throat> superman character uh, of a uh, hyperion as yeah. his little buddy his uh best pal is his jimmy olsen is parker <laughs> it, it, I do is, like that. Actually. Is, is Parker like they they meet up on the on the roof of uh, the Daily Bugle instead of the planet, and Parker's hurt. Yeah. He's like, "Oh, that's yeah. a shame." But now here's the here's the kicker. It's all about the negative zone. There's like we have no frame of reference about how this happened. Like like I said, rewind back to like where we got the Legion War, where we saw what happened to cause everything. We have no idea what's going on at. Even with Secret Wars, remember we saw Doom meet up with uh, with the the Celestials. Uh huh. Yeah. We have no frame of reference like that. Uh, it's just all of a sudden Blade's the only one that knows or remembers, and he has encountered Hyperion a few times. Is in in what's the Batman character's name again? Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not Nightwing. Uh, Nighthawk. Nighthawk. Yeah. And he calls him out like, "I know something that you know that no one else knows," and. I was like, okay, uh, but fuck you. I don't care. <laughs> so why, why why is Blade the one that knows? I don't know. That that's the we don't know yet. No, he's like okay. he's like he's like uh, Wolverine encountering that kid that remembers the previous universe in House of M. Oh, you great, know, he, great dude, reference. It's exactly that kind of stuff. That's perfect. So, but it's Blade. Yeah. So like, it's not like we're, we're like well, that's why I brought up Bishop earlier. Yeah. Of course, it's, it's Bishop being a time traveler trying to fix shit. Blade mm-hmm. is not in any way qualified to be doing this. And the only thing I can think of is because he's a halfling, because he's half vampire, half human, maybe. Th- that's, maybe. You know, because they've been teasing a lot of Dracula, doing a lot of shit out of Chernobyl uh, in the yeah. you know, pages of the X Men. I don't know how that would even connect. But um, I gotta, I gotta go one weird step farther with Blade. Please, Blade is blade is about to blow up like i don't know i don't know what's going on with it but you don't stick blade in a brand new ultra expensive lego set without blade about to be a gigantic thing agreed like have you guys seen the new daily bugle set coming out it's gorgeous it's like 380 bucks it's, it's yeah. you, 25 characters, Blade you, and Daredevil and Black Cat, and finally, Black Cat. all of them. You, you, can't, wow. yeah. you can't just do that. You're 100%. And Lego is notorious for ruining, like, spoiler, or for uh, being the earliest spoiler. Because oh, I've seen all of the Eternals sets already. Yeah. So Blade, yeah. Blade is doing everything he can to figure things out. He knows that he knows that 
Hyperion and everyone else might know something. Uh, we got Agent Coulson as the president of the United States right now, and he's like watching this <laughs> this this huge knockdown dragout with Juggernaut Doom, and he's like, "Ah, this is good shit." Jugger Doom. Jugger Doom. It was it was awesome. Yeah, no, you, it's not Jugger Doom. It's Jugger Doom. I think it's probably like Cinerac Doom or something like that. I'll pull it up while while we're talking. But now here's the kicker: is that he is looking intently for any hint of what happened in the past of what what had been changed. And the he lands on on the death of Captain America. We we he goes to a Captain America a shrine. And like I think that he, he's thinking I think this is what happened. That we never we never got Cap back. And he, he finds Thor in a bar drinking and he's like listen i know who you are let's talk about your daddy and he's like fuck you um not happening and he's like i know that you were sent here to find yourself um you know the hammer activated and thor's like i know nothing about hammers and he's like but you're making the thunder happen right now just getting pissed talking to me and he's like fuck off and then he barfs all over blade's shoes and blade pieces out and um <laughs> yeah exactly and um so blade is He's talking. It's it's a jugger, Doctor Juggernaut on the Daywalker. It's it's Doctor Juggernaut, by the way. Um, Doctor Juggernaut. Doctor Juggernaut, and oh, that's that's not nearly as cool as Juggernaut. Agreed, agreed. But hey, they they're, they'll hire us eventually. That's what that's the whole intent of everything. Working for all elite Marvel, DC. Fuck it, we got all the ideas. But getting somewhere with this, he's hunting down. He figures out that that. Uh, Steve Rogers was never recovered from the ice. Find, yeah, all right. find Steve Rogers. Hyperion is a high school teacher. Constantly like, oh, excuse me, students. Let me, I'll be right back. And um, Blades outside. In 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 the in the uh, in the darkness. And there's a homeless guy, and he's like, hey, you know, you left. A, I heard your little speech there, telling your kids about World War II, and you left a few things out. And he's like, hey, get out of here, homeless guy. You know, you don't belong here. And uh, he doesn't realize he's talking to Steve Rogers. And oh wow, Blades like comes out of the darkness, almost like Spawn, and is just like, "You get it now?" And he's like, "Yeah, tell me everything." And at that time, uh, Thor's getting pissed off in in a bar. He's not. He's trying to get overserved. He stomps his stein. Krakum, hammer shows up. Everything Blade told uh, him. All right. Everything Blade told him the day beforehand just happened, and the the monkey wrench is that when Doom escaped, that a bunch of other people were able to escape from the negative zone, including the Incredible Hulk, which he was exiled to. And he's talking backwards like Yoda, and he's like, "No, no, brain wrong, brain wrong. No, no, we're Avengers." He knows okay, that okay. Hyperion immediately, he has, I think they said Hyperion had to kill him 15 times before he stayed down. And when they, he was so powerful, uh, more than what Superman could do, banishing all the, all the people that escaped back to the negative zone, including the remains of the Hulk. And then we get to the phantom zone. The, the no negative phantom zone is, I know, yeah, but phantom zone is easy. Yeah, I mean, thing, I, that's okay. Yeah. It's just occurring to me why yeah. it's the negative zone. Exactly. Because it's the Phantom Zone in DC. It's the negative you're, zone here because the Sp- Squadron Supreme is an amalgamation of the uh, of the Justice 
you're the uh, Justice League. You're following. Now, this is some meta yeah. shit, and this is my this is my um, theory, my uh, armchair book and shit, is that Hyperion and the Imperial Guard is a propaganda piece to us as readers, where it's a flashback issue where Hyperion is just learning to be a superhero, and he's given the yeah. goddamn beautiful honor of learning with Guardian in the Shire Empire. And mm -hmm. they just de depose uh, um, uh, God, De Lady Deathbird. Lady Deathbird, and they go they go into the negative zone where her secret space, her secret lair is, and it's this gorgeous floating garden. And uh, they're they're like, well, something's locked up here, and they immediately un uh, unlock the brood, and everyone is stuck there, and the only one that is able to escape is Hyperion, I and mean, he's screaming because his love of his life got left there. Everyone got yeah. infected. This is this is the this is the propaganda piece. This is this is some meta shit here. I'm really enjoying it. Um, not too much to say about this issue. Otherwise, it was just self-aggrandizing his his relationship with everyone in the Shi'ar, and how good of a hero he is. And like, oh brother, we're so sad that our Earthlings leaving. You're the best. You're you read it. Like, what do you think? Yeah. It, 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 like everything. Oh, dude, I was I was bewildered because. What got me is that it's it's a I got this variant edition for one thing and so I was and then uh, I got the uh, and it's a number one but right here on the front page or the front and the credits page and the little thing it says issue number one oh one and I, or one twenty one and I was like wait a minute what has this actually been going on is there a renumbering thing right yeah. here I don't quite get it because remember and, they, uh, they they reference something and they, the editor is like oh this happened in this issue I'm like well, okay what am I missing here. And this, I don't know if I did. This is but, where this is where you come in telling us where the history is here. Okay, yeah. So in the mid '80s, they wanted to like Marvel wanted this. This goes back. Remember, in reading that unofficial Marvel uh, history of Marvel comics, they talk about this. Wonderful read. Uh, DC and Marvel had been, you know, grading for years, and you had all of these creators that went over to DC. And uh, so Marvel decided to do something different with it. And they said, yeah, you know, the Justice League thing is a badass idea. Let's create our own Justice League story. We got uh, Colin Edgo. He's got some union shit deal in the morning because he's a union mob boss in the uh, Oklahoma City. Make sure that the uh, movie creators are getting paid, making sure everything's going fair. But... Uh, the Modoc, the Modoc show, man. I saw that preview the other day, and I like, I, I went through every little bit on the uh, IMDb. Like, it had to have been. I thought for certain Seth Green was involved because the the stop motion was too good. Yeah. Um, the stop motion kind of was. Robot chicken yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But we've got Patton Oswalt, and I've always loved Patton Oswalt uh, from King of Queens and just all of his stand up. I love how he helped solve uh, his wife's life work. Um, it wasn't the Zodiac. It was another killer. Um, but the guy's fucking badass. And I remember watching one of his uh, uh, specials where him and Brian Pesen were on on tour, and they went to a comic store, and they were talking about what books they got, and Patton pulls out Ex Machina, and I remember seeing like, what the fuck is Ex Machina? Like, like I remember seeing it on the like. I remember seeing it on the stands the way I saw Invincible on the stands, and I was like, no, no, if I get that, it's going to be a rabbit hole. 
and uh, oh, yeah. it's gonna be. Yeah, you, know, you, you always get those one issues. You're like, if I do this, there's no turning back. Yeah, like the first time you bought your first pop, uh, mm-hmm. and it, like you're like, this this is gonna be bad. This is gonna be thousands of yeah. dollars. <laughs> in, in in all fairness, my wife bought me my first two pops, and I looked at her and I was like, oh, you done fucked up. And she didn't get the joke. Right. And I, now to this day, she regrets it. The same thing happened to me when I first started doing magic, man. Like, uh, I was at Muse Comics, and it was George and Amanda that owned the place, and I bought my first, like, starter deck. And before I bought it, Amanda was like, listen, this is going to be a problem. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, you're not going to be able to stop. Like, I can't in good conscience let you buy (laughs) this without warning you. Like, uh beforehand like you gotta know and i was like well well, what's going on she's like listen i know a woman that started collecting magic when they first came out last year she sold her entire collection for eighty thousand dollars put a down payment on a home and funded her entire goddamn wedding and honeymoon with it wow and i was like okay (laughs) uh here's my 25 bucks for my starter deck but it was it was like crack. It was well. I imagine that's what crack is like. I've never tried crack before, but I mean, but not because I didn't want to try crack. I just always had the money for cocaine. That's a joke. Uh, <laughs> um, or was it? Or was it? No. A joke. A confession. <laughs> yeah. It's off my chest. Oh God, it's been weighing on me. Hmm. Six in one hand, half dozen in the other. <laughs> I've done things. <laughs> <laughs> Man, like, uh, just a. Well, the same, same thing, though, man. Like, we freaking, you know, we went on the hunt the other day, and next thing you know, I've got freaking all 19 issues of Nightfall. And I pay, we picked up freaking, I got uh, the first four issues, The Shadow of the Bat, featuring the first appearance of Victor Zaz. Thank you for that, by the way. Thank you. Oh, that, no that, was, that is a uh, prized possession of mine. I, I, it's actually in my safe deposit box right now. Awesome. Yeah, and just this week I picked up a uh, freaking X Men Prime, which was apparently right after Age of Apocalypse. It's the it's the first one after Age of Apocalypse, right after Omega, and it's mm-hmm. it's the it's got one of the acetate covers, chromium covers, but it's yep. the only thing I didn't like about that book was is that it was a quality book, but it was done by a D lister artist that. After everything that just happened in Omega, it kind of offended my eyes. Gotcha. And well, my whole the whole reason I picked it up was is it being the uh, the first appearance of Marrow from the uh, from the Morlocks and the later joined the X Men. Nice. And wasn't that so. wasn't that the hint when uh, the the crystals floating through space with X Men in it? Mm-hmm. X Men comes to Earth. Um, Dark Beast ends up finding Marrow. Uh, Sugar Man shows up. Love Sugar Man. And the whole thing is like it's 20 years after when uh, the starting point of when the um, Age of Apocalypse ended. Right. It's like 20 years later and all these characters that started out in Age of Apocalypse are Dark Beast, X-Man, freaking Sugar Man. Blink. All these cats are uh, – Blink wasn't in the episode, the issue that I saw. I think but, that was I think that's after the fact, but it, it it that's after she came in like uh not X Humans, X 
Exiles. Exiles. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. But yeah, no, I saw that. I found a. But I found that, and I was like, oh, this is good. Freaking. Still waiting for a couple more pieces of my magnum opus to arrive, but. No, nice. We'll talk about that next week. No, for sure, man. Like I said, like I work on Kismet, and I think you're you're figuring it out. Once we get it on the jazz, it it happens. Like, uh, uh, just remember, I called you. I, I, uh, minefielders. I, I've been, I've, I've talked to Morales about the McFarlane figures since him and I first started becoming friends, and uh, how much I wanted that Bane. He gets a call Mm -hmm. from me. I just walked. I just got my. I'm in Target. I just got my uh, last half of my Christmas bonus. It was early, early February, and yeah. uh, I walked in and I, I was everything online said that the uh, the uh, last night on Earth set wasn't coming out until like March, and I walk in and there the whole fucking set is there, and I'm staring at my build the bane, and I'm like, yep, do I get it? Get it, motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah. Get it? That's one of those things. Like, there's those certain figures that, like, if you find it, you get it then, or you never see it again. Or you're like, you're paying two, three times as much online to get it later. Well, 100 percent, man. Like that bane is on my de- like all of them. Like, just it, it happens. Just work on kismet. Just focus on it. Um, <laughs> so is that the one with the legless scarecrow on the back? Legless scarecrow, and it it actually he actually fits perfectly over Bane's shoulders. He's made to fit over Bane's shoulders. The the card that comes with Scarecrow is mm-hmm. uh, no Bane actually is Bane with Scarecrow over his shoulders. Yeah. It, it perfectly that's fits. Like, that's last night on Earth uh, Bane then. Yes sir. Yes sir and Sweet. I'm really worried cuz McFarlane just keeps robbing me and I I don't want to what's the book where Napier's there? Oh, White, White Knight. Knight, White Knight. Mm-hmm. Worried to read that because I'm gonna have to have all of those, and yeah. he just uh, solid. I, I pre-ordered the um, Justice League Snyder, and but there's also the Bizarro that's coming out that just hit stands. Um, I slept on um, Thomas Thomas Wayne. God, I should have bought that when I saw it. Oh yeah, he's, he's like fifty bucks now. Even Batman, on Batman's Amazon. with guns. Dude, he, yeah, he comes with the two guns, but then there's also they they pull the bullshit again uh, with the uh, Doctor Fate helmet, like uh, we were talking last episode, where uh, you can get a Thomas Wayne unmasked with a sword and the guns. I'm like, God damn it! Oh, that's what, that's what he kills freaking. Uh, that's what he kills Reverse Flash with is a sword. Yes, sir. A hundred percent. That's right. One of the best parts of Flashpoint. Uh, of Flashpoint. Yes, sir. But That's I, the thing, dude. I love freaking. I love. I love when they do those randos where they freaking. They do those series where they just flip everything on its head, like freaking. You know that was that that whole freaking thing. Flashpoint was so awesome. We had, you know, Bruce Wayne was dead, and his parents were Batman and the Joker. Yep. And Robin was Doctor. Robin was a. Uh, Robin was Doctor Fate. Uh, freaking uh, Nightwing was Doctor Fate. Made perfect and sense. Just kind of flipped everything on their head. Freaking super Superman was captured by the government, and he was super skinny, and had never been around people. That and, really bothered me, you know, man. Aquaman, like, Aquaman and yeah, Aquaman and uh, Wonder Woman being at their their nations being at war, just fucking beautiful. Do you remember when they first exposed Superman to light? Oh, that was heavy. Mm-hmm. Like they they brought him up, and yeah. and and he's he's basically a. Uh, 
God, I'm trying to think of like a, a good way. Uh, there's there's some movie I'm thinking of that where they deprive someone of like touch sense. Hurt Locker. I feel like it's Hurt Locker. 100%. God damn. Well, we, we, I never saw it, but I remember we were hearing about it and figuring like, I think that's another, it's Christian Bale if I remember correctly. Like he lost like a crap ton of weight for that role or something like that. No, her, Christian Bale lost a shitload of weight for The Machinist. Okay. That one was, that one, don't even get me started on that one, man. Joe Rogan always shits on that movie, but he didn't watch it, but he didn't watch it. <laughs> uh, but... Well, that doesn't work for me then, brother. Just watch it first. One of the things that when we were talking about um, Heroes Reborn is the fact that they're integrating DC tropes. I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. I'm loving it. But I also love the fact that they're introducing the fact that he is even more powerful than Superman. Like, he, he, he actually takes a break and he's like, I need a nap, and goes to the center of the sun to take a nap. And... <laughs> He's he's powerful enough to stop the Hulk, and that is a big deal, especially uh, trying to kill the Hulk right now with what's going on in Immortal Hulk. Uh, the the mutants are banned to the negative zone. So much shit's going on, and then I'm thinking about what's happening in Nightwing right now because how do you how do you feel about what's going on there? I, I feel like they're making Nightwing more relatable, the way that. The way that when the Marvel Universe first started was like, hey, you know, the like what Colin said earlier was like, these are essentially gods and we can't really put them in everything. But we've got yeah. we've got Nightwing who is he's not broke, but he's living broke. He's not he, he's not essentially living in, in a giant mansion. We're, we're in um, Bloodhaven, Bloodhaven. Mm-hmm. He's got his stray dog. Uh, it's three-legged stray dog. Three-legged stray dog. I love this fucking dog, man. And yeah. I love his apartment, and and it's making it more relatable because he's doing everything he can. What Someone that has half a heart, that's the least bit of a hero, is doing. He's paying for, hey, here's some food. Here's some money from food. Uh, go get a hotel. Um, of course, you know, when uh, um, Tim shows up, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course you're not getting rid of that dog. And yeah. and everybody and everybody knows it. Like that's one of the big things. Like me personally, I'm not like a big intergalactic guy personally. Right. Like if you are, cool. If you're not, cool, whatever. Like I've always been more attracted to like the street level realistic characters for the most part. You know, I was a big Gambit fan growing up, Nightwing, freaking uh Daredevil. Hundred percent. You know, those those street level guys. You know, street level guys are always you know the guys I tend to flock to, and like you know, you're right though. Like if you had, if you woke up one morning and you had billions of dollars, what would you do with it? You know, you know, especially if you've been, you know, if you were raised an orphan and you know the guy that gave you the money was basically your adopted father, you know, who loved you unconditionally throughout everything. You know, you'd want to, you know, at at the minimal, you'd want to freaking live up to that kind of you know you'd want to make him proud basically live up to his legacy 100 you know and that would you get that's you know that's what you're getting from dick grayson he's like you know you know the thought process behind hey bruce did a lot of good as batman but what if he'd done more good as bruce wayne i never thought of it that way man that's such a great point like there's yeah. there, there's so much especially in gotham um 
every time we get any sort of exposure about the citizens of Gotham, I mean, they're, they're living, they're not living in a cesspool, but they're definitely living in, in an area where it's okay to be around violent crime all the time. Like, like, uh, put it on a different perspective or spectrum. Uh, you ever met someone that's ever lived in a haunted house? Yeah, they just deal with it. <laughs> yeah. they, they just deal with it. That's just, you know, shit's flying around the, the home. Uh, pipes are bursting. Drawers are opening. Okay, that's fine. That's where we live. Uh, the Young Bucks talked about it in their uh, their book. They lived in a haunted house. Okay. Yeah, and it was just a thing. It was just a thing. And when they moved out, like, the dad was like, yeah, someone was murdered there. And um, But we've got Dick Grayson doing something along the same vibrations, but, you know, different frequency. And yeah. why not? It, 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 I, I'm really loving how his decisions are not hard. No, he just, he just, at the end of the day, he just wants to help, you know? He's not some, like, like grizzled badass, like, I don't help people, I don't talk to people, I don't talk to homeless people. No. No. This is, this book is laid on a solid foundation of compassion. Yeah. Also, yeah, you know, he, he, he looks at it again as, like, he's, he's the anti-Batman. You know, mm. he wants, he wants to be involved in the, with the citizens. He wants to be, put himself out there. Whereas Batman is just like, I'm. The, we'll get to it kind of in Legends of the Dark Knight later. Right. You know, Batman is just like almost mythical creature. You know, he is. Can't be touched. Can't yeah. be touched. You can't, you can't be bothered. You can't mess with Batman. He is the ultimate. He's the ultimate human being as far as what a human would, in theory, aspire to be. You know, he. You know. He's everything. He's all things to all people. And you know, Dick Grayson on the other hand is freaking. You know, probably twenty, late twenty, early thirties, just try, you know, trying to do right. He's trying to do good. Trying to, you know, he's hopeful. And you know, Batman's not hopeful. Batman's just doing what he can. In in a logical order, as opposed to where Nightwing has more emotion mixed in here. And uh, I I got a question here. Um, so Tim Drake shows up fully dressed as Robin, as and he mm-hmm. he's addressed as the best Robin. Um, yeah. was, was he Robin when Damien was Robin too? Um, I, I'm thinking I think he was red Robin because he was, he was in teen Titans before Damien went over to teen Titans. I remember and he was, he was red Robin. So it was a different, um, different suit. I think he had like wings and such Yeah, as opposed to a cape. But yeah, like the whole thing is him is he's like, he's like the best detective of the three of the four Robins. That's really kind of where the whole best thing comes from. He's like the smartest one, and like in Detective Detective Comics, when we're doing the whole Team Batman thing, he was basically the tech guy. Huh. But we've got Barb on this one too. Yeah. I I it's one of those things where I feel like I really feel like uh, this is this is going to be really sappy, but every now and then when I'm in a really good mood. In, in enjoying something, I pretend I have came back from the future to enjoy, to re-enjoy a moment, because it, it's a landmark, and reading Nightwing right now, the same way I feel like when we're reading, uh, almost the same way, we, where we're, way we're reading Daredevil, this mm-hmm. is a landmark, this is, this is happening right now, this is, 
This is just as good as when we were getting uh, the stadium stampede. Like this yeah. is happening. Like like they're they're making the best of what's going on, and I I feel like I need to enjoy it and then pretend I came back from the future to re-enjoy it. Like it's happening right now because this is groundbreaking. This is this is so different. Um, there's also little like there's um when they're uh, riding the trip, riding the bullet train. Mm-hmm. It, it it I swear to God this was a tunnel, and they they're both on their you know they're doing yoga poses on their back, and it was yep. I swear to God this was a uh, homage to uh, Futurama, when uh, when Bender and uh, Hermes had to limbo for four hours <laughs> to not get killed oh, nice, okay. to to not get killed by the train and uh, mm-hmm. the tunnel we we got the look at this great color scheme like. It's nighttime. Look at the pinks after the uh, limbo scene. The pinks, mm-hmm. purples, grays. Uh, like, th- this is a lot of work. Th- there's so much color happening here. And then there are... And we get to... Uh, God, Barb. Like, Jesus, man. I- I've been with some redheads before, but God damn. <laughs> <laughs> like, we get the dog sleeping. And he's like... Uh, you want me to take the dog with you in this one on this mission? Yes. Why? People are more approachable with a little log. It's true. It's just science. Also, she needs a walk. <laughs> yeah, and all it's like it's it's two brothers, you know, have seen each other for a while, kind of joking around. Thank, but it makes sense, you know. Thank you on that one. Two brothers, like yeah. there's there's no there's no Damien drama. Uh, there's no, there's no Damien drama. There's no Jason problems. It's the two more likable freaking members of the of the brothers. So they're basically freaking Donatello and Michelangelo. Oh, dude, what or a maybe, great maybe fucking Leonardo, call! Maybe Leonardo and Don, maybe Leonardo and Donatello. No, that make the most sense. I know. I think what you said is perfect, Donnie. It's Donnie and Mikey. It's Donnie and Mikey. There's no loose cannon here. There's no. If you incorporated Leo, it would be there'd be someone in charge, but they're both equals here. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's two brothers that haven't seen each other in a while, and one of them needs the other's help. And you'll notice when they first, when he first comes, they bring up the fact that freaking Dick Grayson got his wallet stolen, <laughs> and he's just like, "I'm not gonna live this down, am I?" And they're like, "No." Oh yeah, here's a chain on it, and uh, in case in case you have a problem, uh, you can front a new metal band in the '90s. Like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, dude, it's it's two brothers sitting down here talking mess on each other, like brothers do. And I love you, man. I, I love you, but I'm gonna talk shit, dude. There's and I love you too, and I'm gonna talk shit right back, dude. There's like, I, just thank God, like I've never tripped and fall in front of you before, because it's gonna happen. <laughs> I don't think the latter thing is coming back to haunt you at some point. Oh, dude. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, dude. The fact that we gave you a standing ovation and you didn't even notice because you were so busy being terrified. Terrified, man. Like, in minefielders, I had to hang some clipboards, get called out. You, you, gotta, you, you, you gotta set the stage. You gotta set the There is a double ladder match. Double ladder match. Six guys, two ladders, two contracts. The guys in charge forget that there are contracts that need to be hung. And they send the shortest, fattest, <laughs> tiniest referee. And I like Nugent, 
but him on top of a ladder, I, I damn near pissed myself. I was laughing so damn hard. It was five minutes into it, and then Chongo grabs me. I'm looking at the I'm looking at TV and Gorilla, and I'm like, hurry the fuck up. Come on, five minutes. And um, I'm playing some random music, and I'm looking. I look over at you, and you look at me. I don't know if you looked at me just on purpose, but I saw that look on your I face. I laughed. <laughs> and and then, so and, funny. and then Chango grabs me by the shoulders. Guys, okay, so if you don't understand wrestling business, it's all alphas. <laughs> Head Booker has the book. Puts his hands on my shoulders. I need you to go out there and do this immediately. And, but what he basically did was call me a pussy. <laughs> Consider me Marty fucking McFly when it comes to being called a fucking pussy or a chicken. And all right, I gotta go out there. I gotta, I gotta take my headphones off, roll into the ring, make it look good. I, I'm not good at rolling in the ring. I roll in. My hair is everywhere. I hear people chant my name. I look at you and Tristan, and you're pointing. Tristan's pointing at me, and, <laughs> and and I've got we've got little ass Izzy holding the ladder, and Nugent's trying to hold that, trying to trying to trying duck to, duct tape they, yeah, it. They didn't, they didn't have a freaking they they didn't have like a clipboard to put it on. No, nope. no, these they're like, oh, we got a folder. No, nope. and what, what nobody thought to put grab a clipboard or buy a clipboard from the local Walmart. What pissed me off down the road? What pissed me off is like, does anyone have one of those clippy things climbers have? And I've got like six of them in my backpack because I like bought a bunch of them. Here you go. If you like to climb rocks, yeah, of course. And I uh, just and, <laughs> as you do, and uh. I got to go out there and I have to stand on the top of a ladder and I hear people saying my name. It's a lot of noise. The tiniest little woman is holding this thing and I'm shitting myself, man, but I can't puss out. <laughs> and it, Nugent wasn't trying to clip anything on anything. He was putting duct tape on this thing. And of course I fuck up the duct tape. <laughs> and, um, God, the worst part about it was, um, People chat my name. I come back. I see you looking at me, laughing. I see Tristan pointing at me. I'm like, "What the <laughs> fuck are these assholes doing?" I gotta put my headphones back on and start production again. And uh, it was we weren't laughing at you. We were laughing with you. <laughs> I swear to God, I, you, I was laughing at the whole. The whole situation was freaking hilarious. I I'm swear, lie. I swear I, to God, have, you knew that I'm scared of heights. <laughs> I didn't know. I had no idea. We were all we, we gave me and Tristan got up and gave you a standing ovation just to be like at least somebody with some sense got up the slider and was able to freaking hook this thing to this carabiner because apparently it's impossible. Ugh. The entire show hung on your very fingertips, Josh, and you <laughs> stepped up and you handled it. The show went on because of you, you dumb son of a bitch. Well, I appreciate that, man. I just didn't want to have Chango call me a pussy. <laughs> Yeah. And then I look over and I see you smiling. And I'm like, shit, I can't let this guy down. And I'm like, <laughs> like, how do I roll in the goddamn ring pretty? And, and uh, see the sponsors. You did the Orange Cassidy spot. You just kept on rolling. Kept rolling, man. God damn it. You could just roll all the way to the back. <laughs> well, let's get back to Nightwing, man. We got. God damn it, don't. <laughs> That's going to be a camera and be like embarrassed about it for like the fucking rest of my uh, life, man. 
amazing. Dude, That's I did. I, I story did. you will one day tell, tell your grandchildren. I will still be funny. I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that we have like a, a cool family, like where I finally have kids, and uh, and Connor marries my daughter, who's ten years younger than him, when he's like twenty five or thirty. And no, uh, no, 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 no. That's, that's illegal. <laughs> I did the math wrong. I'm just saying that, like, you know, we're, yeah, we're cool. <laughs> the 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 uh, the old timers, the old timers are cool. Of course, we're already family. <laughs> trying to distract you because we get to Nightwing on the counter here, and it's like, uh, hey, what's going on, Barb? You know, I'm, I can hear every word you say it, but they they put her in full anime form. Yeah, I loved I, it. I loved it. Full Great. full anime bubble. Like we're we're having the the writers, artists are having fun. Mm-hmm. Not even question it. And we get to the uh tent camp. We got Tim Drake. Yep. Hey anybody. Just 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 to, just to slow it down a little bit, we got a we got a you know a homeless tent camp and all of them are kids. Only kids. Only kids, which is why Nightwing needed freaking Robin to step in and you know in Tim Drake attire with the dog to because they're looking for at the end of last issue I think we talked about it previously the heartless the, um, man the guy yeah the guy um that uh Tim Drake or that Nightwing had set up with a pizza and a hotel room for him and his son had his heart ripped out by this character calling himself Heartless. He's dead, but the kid's still alive, but no report's been filed, and there's a tent city of children. Of Yeah, and they're, look, they're looking for this kid to find out what happened to his dad because the cops came to um, no Nightwing because he was the last person that talked to the guy, and he bought him, he bought him a hotel room for like a month, and then the guy never made it to the hotel room. And freaking, you know, so, and luckily Barb was able to bail him out by being his alibi. Oh, dude, that was... But now he's trying to help this guy. Let's re- find this guy's kid. Let's rewind to Barb here. Uh, he calls her. The the detectives show up like, hey, you bought him a hotel. You didn't show up. Um, so what happened? You uh, wanted some funny fun and uh, he didn't deliver? And he's like, just like, calm down. No. Hey, Barb, I'm, get, I'm, I'm getting accused of murder here. Can you get back here? I need some alibi. And uh, it, it's the uh, quintessential bullshit cop that they just want to close the case and like, oh, we think that you want to have some gay sex. And he said no, and you killed him. I'm like, oh, come on, man. <laughs> like, just, just let it go. Like, you're just trying to pin on something so you can get this case over with. And Barbara's like, hey, uh... Everything you're doing is sloppy. I'm a lawyer. Um, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Just get the fuck out of here. And it, it, it's it's such sloppy, sloppy reporting. Um, not reporting. Uh, police work. And yeah, it's sloppy police work. Both of them have freaking law degrees. And I want to point out the fact that freaking Dick Grayson is sporting a black canary T-shirt. Yes, he is. Which I think is fantastic. He is there. I just noticed that. Freaking, but yeah, you know, talking about, you know, there's no evidence. He has an alibi. This is embarrassingly incompetent, and we'd love to help. So. Now, 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 the next page. Next page is something that needs to be studied here. So after the 
the six of Barbara shutting that shit down, we get to a splash, a double double page splash page. Where do we look first? L- looking like she's like, you know, let us know if we can help anyway. Goodbye, detectives. And we see them going down the elevator. Mm-hmm. We see them get into the bike. But then we get to a schematic of the downstairs. L- look at the how they display the flooring. Look how they display uh, some crash sites. Uh, the wheelbarrow letting the dog out. Him going straight to his 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 uh, puppy pad uh, to go lay down, and then we see the stairs go up to the bed as he's putting on his Nightwing shit. Like yep. this is this is gorgeous. This is this is a well thought out, not done before splash page, with yeah. with some extra panels here. We the the couch. I don't even see a TV. Nope. No, no, none of that. This is this is how Nightwing is living. But we get to see uh, a integral, like secretive peek into you know from the corner. Like look, look at the flooring. Look, look at the chairs on the dining room table. Those aren't those aren't hardwood chairs. Those are plastic chairs. Mm-hmm. Look in the corner. We got some uh, curled up uh, electrical cable. We got a stand. Um, Everything, like the big dumpster at the bottom with everything that was crashed in from the last caper. And and then and then we get to time to get shit done here. Barb's like cleaner glasses, MacBook open. We got shit to do. Night, yep. Nightwing goggles on. Straight to the quintessential spawn pose. Tim Drake. And... This god damn it man this this needs to be studied here this is so much fun but like uh, I want to go back to what I was talking about earlier this is bringing the marvel aspect of where you can relate to this guy exactly you know he's not you know this is obviously a place he has not lived very long no you know, he doesn't have no picture either he just he just enjoys it for what it is like there's no pictures, there's no television, there's no amenities. No. It, uh, it is base level, you know, my bills are paid and I'm good. Man, and there's... This guy's a billionaire. There should have been a big crate of some ramen noodles and a big, like, fridge full of eggs or something like that. You know, like, you know, they, like I would still work out. I, I would like to see some workout stuff. But then we get to uh, the tent city here and mm. we've got, what are these assholes' names? Brutal and the Electrocutioner. Yes, sir. And then we get to we get to Nightwing. Look at him standing on the on the power cord. The the shoes yeah. dangling. The shoes dangling that someone threw up there to fuck with someone and steal their shoes. He mm-hmm. talk like like that that sound effect. He threw the baton. He still caught it. He's got both of them in each other in, in each hand here. He's not scared of nothing. Nope. And we got Tim Drake. Right now, these, uh, they work for a freaking uh, Blockbuster, who's the big gangster in town. And they're here to collect, you know, no crime happens here without block going through Blockbuster. And they freaking end up, uh, you know, they're not above taking money from kids as long as they get theirs. They have to. And no one makes money in this town. Don't nope. matter if it's kids. We get our we get our cut. But look at this beautiful splash page. Look, like, this page is all pink. Mm-hmm. No, this page is awesome. I love the fact that freaking he put his uh, schema sticks together and then gave them to Robin because 
Tim Drake's traditional weapon is a bow staff. Yes, sir. Even in, in the early pages of Robin, during Nightfall, mm-hmm. bow staff. Oh. Yeah, they end up throwing Brutal into Electrocutioner, and they both end up, you know, shocked and unconscious. Robin, what is it? Fire. Do you start it? No. Help us, please. The, the, the tent city's on fire. The, the heartless man has set everything on fire. I'm really yep. looking. I'm really looking forward to the big reveal on this one, man. I, I hope. It, I hope they don't let us down. I, I doubt they'll let us down. It's, it's Nightwing. Like we're we're basically. Uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what you know why he's taking hearts. You know, because I mean, he's not. You know, that's not a literal thing. He, I mean, that's not a figurative thing. He's literally ripping out people's hearts. You know, is it like? A, is it something to do with an like an adrenaline rush from like the Agreed. fear inside of there? Are like we gonna find out that he's somehow working with Scarecrow since Scarecrow is such a huge part of Freaking Detective, and these are all like a lot of these stories have been intermingled. I recently. was I was reading an article today in ComicBook.com about how uh, Scarecrow has eclipsed uh, Joker as a more fearsome villain uh, with what's been going on for the past like eight months, and and then the last page here we get like the baton out. Look at look at the look how they laid this these colors out here. Last page where he says heartless. Look at his baton; it's completely flat. They didn't model that at all to to make it look like it was something uh, cylindrical. But his arm is modeled, and then we get to heartless here, and he's completely modeled. Look look at the the glow from the there's there's four different colors coming from his heart, or where his mm-hmm. heart should be. The fire is modeled in like eight different colors of orange and yellows and and gold, and I love that sort of thing. But at the same time, the wrestling fan of me next heartless versus Nightwing. Sign me up. <laughs> like th- this this is drama. This is exactly why people read these books. Like we're relating the guy, and we've got this new new baddie. Oh, yeah. Thank God we've got a new baddie, man. Like, we've got all these new baddies coming up, and I'm all for it because it's Gotham. We we can't just keep going back to the Joker. And yeah. Batman's got right, probably, like, the closest one to a, you know, as deep of a rogues gallery as Batman would be Spider-Man. Spider-Man, 100%. But at the same time, though, I, uh, I remember Colin had this conversation, like, eight years ago. Who has the best Rhodes Gallery? There was no. It was a. It was a stalemate. Yeah. But I still think it was right that Batman has a better Rhodes Gallery. Like, these guys are in Gotham. They've got shit to do. It's not Manhattan. Mm-hmm. It's not Yonkers. It's not. It's not just uh, little rinky dink shit. These guys have a purpose. They have yeah. storylines. Like we have. They have been wrong. They are children of Gotham. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the Festival of Heroes, the next uh, page here. Yeah. God, that was that was like one of those ones. Like I, I think I reread it. Probably I think it took me about an hour to read this book because I was just studying every little bit of it. Okay. It was a lot of fun, and, 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 and but it wasn't just fun. Like we're going on a roller coaster ride here. We're studying things. We're we're developing characters here. Uh, 
obviously they're in love and there's a weird division here we can't admit it yet I love that sort of thing man I really really do and it's Nightwing like especially in the climate right now what's going on in DC that you'd expect the the best Robin or underling of Batman to be Damien (laughs) that's Nightwing hands down hands down Look at the cover. Look at the cover, man. Look, look at the pixelation, like where they, they uh, not pixelation, where they do the, the dots, the dot matrices, as if it was an original, like, 70s or 80s or early 90s, where they were able to develop a color technology. Look look how much pink is involved and the, the struggle he's going through. Like, there's mm-hmm. 8 million things fucking with this guy right now, but he's not dealing with anxiety. He's not taking his asthma medicine. He's not identifying as whatever the hell. I know he's, he's got shit to do. And I think it all boils down to that splash page, man. Plus bar is hot as shit. (laughs) What do you got from that one, man? That's all I got from that one. But even then, it's one of those things that when it comes to Nightwing, you can't negotiate with the bad guys. But what he's actually doing everything he can to negotiate with those guys. It, you, you can't just say that you're Nightwing and that you're someone that is an underling of Batman. You have to establish yourself as something individual and I think this is the first time I've ever recognized anyone outside of Azrael from Nightfall that mm-hmm. was completely separate from Batman, but without the baggage of Azrael. We've got Nightwing. He's like he's part of the Bat family. Fine, no problem. Mm-hmm. Tim Drake's coming. We need him. Barb's coming. Great. We need her. Um, no extra money. The money's gonna do some good, and I like what you brought up earlier about Bruce Wayne doing something a little bit other than just bene- benefactoring Bruce Wayne. Yeah, just break it fools. Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't matter if we crash the Batmobile; no big deal. Uh, but no. we've we've got a three-legged dog to care about. I love that dog so goddamn much. <laughs> <laughs> I really do, and he's a fictional character. Yeah, but no, it's, it's you know that's the thing. Like, you know, he is he's he's substantially more grounded than I mean, like I said, Batman's this mythological figure that's just like amazing, you know. And freaking you know Nightwing's, you know Nightwing's a guy that'll buy a homeless dude a pizza just to be like, hey, at least you'll you'll eat for the night, and if I can help you out, I will. But you he's know, he's not he's not over investing. Like here's a pizza, here's a couple nights to get take a shower. Yeah. Do something with it. He didn't he nope. didn't he, he wasn't self-aggrandizing like do something with it, but the the vibration was there. You know, do your best. Mm-hmm. And uh you know, some Will Smith shit from that one movie. But even <laughs> then yeah. his heart gets torn out, kid ends up in Tent City. Oh. Uh. God, I gotta say, Nightwing is probably my number four favorite comic going around right now. Well, yeah, it's it's pretty solid, man. It's pretty good, freaking uh, 
you know, but talking about freaking the the whole legend of Batman, I got Legend of the Dark Knight here. You know, and this is this is really cool because it's it it's Batman from like the eyes of the Gotham uh, GCPD. Yes, sir. You know, the cops are, you know, because we only started out. Batman's apparently been missing for a few days, and you know, Gordon's asking the cop, the other cops, you know, where's the last time you saw him? And they're just kind of all retelling their tales, you know. You know, Batman's in this crate with these these goons, and he's like, "Hey, there's this poison gas, and we need to, you know, stay, you know, stay out. There's poison gas, and he's got a gas mask on." And he's trying to figure out which one of several villains that utilize gas could this be. Could it be the Riddler, the Joker, Scarecrow, Penguin, Mr. Freeze? And he's trying to, you know, he's on the streets trying to beat, you know, follow these criminals and find out what's going on. You know, we end up finding out there's this guy that's selling this, uh, this new gas in town, and he's trying to sell it to Penguin. But before, you know, and he's willing to kill his own men to show what this gas can do. And before him and Penguin strike up a deal, Mr. Freeze shows up. And it turns out they were both going to freaking deal with this guy. But uh, Penguin tried to slide in and get a deal for just himself by showing up early. Of course. You know, and Batman ends up fighting these guys off. And, you know, it's, it's really funny, though, because I, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, for Batman having a no-kill rule. He apparently was all right with this guy freaking, you know, using this gas on this guy to show what the gas could do. And freaking, you kind of let that happen well before Mr. Freeze showed up. You know, Gordon and his guys show up to capture Freeze and the Penguin. And Batman runs off already, trying to the next, you know, showing up to the next spot. And another cop was talking about how the uh, the Joker had gotten some of the, some of the gas and was in a in a house with a bunch of dolls and when the cops busted him Scary he shit. unleashed the dolls oh that was terrifying Jesus Christ you want to talk about a picture with some lighting Woo. <laughs> dude like that was like some Annabelle shit man mm-hmm. but yeah all these dolls are releasing this gas as soon as the cops are shooting them and freaking you know Batman again shows up and just you know, giving him giving the cops his gas mask that he was using to, you know, try to help these guys out, you know, and Joker, you know, and Joker just kind of is like, oh, you ruin everything, Batman. You always ruin everything. And he starts chasing, Batman is chasing after him, giving pursuit. And Joker ends up in this helicopter and he's going to fly away. And Batman, of course, is, you know, following him. Uh, shot, shot the other, uh, is grappling gun into it into the hull of the helicopter is following him you know climbing up there batman's freaking you know on the helicopter and gets in there and joker gasses him because of course joker's more than willing to kill himself to freaking kill batman because you know shouldn't a happy couple go out together i suppose 100 percent uh and then the end issue ends with uh you know the helicopter crashing into the the gotham bay Man, those old school comics—the way the way they did it—they had they mm-hmm. were they were working with so little, but made so much out of something. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like the the idea of freaking like 
this larger than life character that you know is all is mythological even to the police you know it's you know batman's real we've seen him you know he's helped us but like he's not one of us he's some he's something more grandiose figure out whose team you're on god damn it yeah yeah and i mean there's always you know and we've been dealing with a lot in the the recent bat books where like you know, Mayor Nakano's anti-mask, and he wants to unmask the Batman. You know, but we've got these cops that are like, you know, who wouldn't get as much done if not for the Batman? How do you feel about the Batman if you were on Gotham City Police? Would Would you be thankful for him, or would you be resentful to him? I don't know, because it, it's two hands. You know, on the one hand, it's like he gets results. But on the other hand, he's kind of making the cops look clown shoes. Completely clown he's, shoes. He's, you know, he's totally, you know, it doesn't matter how many good things the cop, you know, the cops do. You know, Batman freaking swoops in, punches the Joker, does things the cops legally cannot do, and is the hero because of it. Worshipped even. Member of the Justice League. International, intergalactic you know, interdimensional superhero, you know? And what is, what's Renee Montoya going to do about that? Or Harvey Bullock? You know, you know? I, it, it's funny about Renee is that we've been following her story since the animated series. Mm-hmm. She, she was the beat cap where Bullock was yes. the, the turn your head, don't look what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And now she's doing the same fucking shit. I love that character development. She's really, but she's doing it within her own sense of honor. But uh, I'd like to think that because you and I have been following for so long that we're able to justify what she does. But how do we justify that people that are just reading the book, if they were to pick it up and be like, oh, this bitch is a fucking cunt. Um, you could arrive. You could arrive to that solution. <laughs> for fucking sure. God damn, it's so scary considering what's going on with the, the, the repositioning of power in Gotham right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Batman basically has a sewer base that just has a garage. We got Nightwing and, and uh, what is it, Hell's Blood or. Uh, Bloodhaven. Bloodhaven. We've got Jim in South America right now about to kill the Joker. Right. Yep. Th- this is volatile times and. You know, Barbara stepped away from being Batgirl. She's now Oracle again. We've got new Batgirls. You know, Red Hood freaking is, you know, he's Red Hood. Damien's, Damien's on Mysterious Island again, probably killed again. He's uh, doing uh, the, uh, what do you call it? The, uh, uh, Kumite, the Tournament the, of Death. The Kumite. Of course he's in a Kumite. Fuck yeah. Like, if you and I don't get a fucking video game, <laughs> Robin Kumite, yeah. then we've been robbed. We're out of time. We're out of time. We are misplaced in time. No, we gotta have that video game in. Like, it doesn't really matter. Just make the characters happen. Mm-hmm. The rest of us that, that aren't reading the book are going to figure it out later. <laughs> yeah. Just just make the game happen. God damn yeah. it. 
wish we still, like... It's one of those things like where I love how good a PS4 is, but I miss how limited uh, a DS game is or a Game Gear game is. Just give us... Give us some fun on this one. Like we're not. Yeah. Give oh, us the bare bones and let us have let us enjoy it. Yeah, like you remember spending twenty bucks at the fucking like uh, officers club while your parents are hobnobbing and like uh, like that was one of the best nights of my life. My 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 dad gave me twenty bucks. He was uh, up for some award. They went to the officers club, and um, there was an arcade, but they had a time crisis, and I put a twenty oh, nice. and I put a twenty dollar bill. Into the fucking quarter machine, mm-hmm. and I beat that motherfucker. It was one of those ones where, where it was still one of those ones where you had to hit the the pedal on your foot to duck. Yep. Reload. Yeah. You, you had to physically reload the gun, and uh, I outlasted them. Like my like it, <laughs> it was like twelve at night. My parents were like we had to go, and I'm like I am thirty seconds away from winning this game, and uh, okay, cool. Like, they didn't care. They had a couple uh, cocktails, and they were just like, all right, finish your game. <laughs> You're obvious. Yeah. I'm all sweaty. I was sweaty. <laughs> I was sweaty. Bah, 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 bah. Like, like, God, Time Crisis, one of the best games in the goddamn world. And best, nice. 20, best 20 bucks ever spent. Awesome. Yeah, I remember my bachelor party. I went to this bar that played uh, you had video games, and uh, it's One Up in Denver. Oh, which one do you go to? The big one or the underground one? Uh, it was the one in, on Colfax. Uh, the one on Colfax is the one that has the dance. I don't think it's the underground one, yeah. Yeah, the, the one on Colfax has all the pinball games. The one I've, mm. I've been to both. Uh, the one I went to last time I was at 1UP was the underground one. They had a Paperboy and the Ghostbusters showed up. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, I remember beating. We beat, uh, we beat the X-Men game. Capcom, oh, Capcom, yeah. Capcom, or the original one where Wolverine's in the the, uh, the original one from the eight from like the based on a uh, Pride of the X Men cartoon. I'm at the it. Precursor, I'm the at precursor it. to the freaking to the uh, precursor Pride. to the actual cartoon. Pride of the X Men. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm mad. I'm mad at you, but even though it's not your fault because you didn't know me at that time, but I should have been there. <laughs> it's true, but uh, it was that one, and uh, we beat the Simpsons game. Oh, dude, a uh, couple of years ago, uh, right, it was the when the last Star Wars movie came out. My sister and I have always seen every Star Wars movie in the theater. I took her to see the original uh, special uh, special, uh, special effects redos. Remember when they just added more Stormtroopers in yep. late 90s, uh, right before uh, Phantom Menace. And I took her to see all those. And I've, I've, we've gone to see every single Star Wars movie together. But after... Um, Rise of Skywalker, uh, her and I had had a couple drinks and we stuck some bottles into the IMAX theater here on, um, on Powers and we went to mm-hmm. this uh, arcade place that this Uber place, <laughs> Uber dropped us off there and uh, we spent probably 80 bucks beating that Simpsons game. <laughs> like it was, we, 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 we showed up, we were hungry, we were some slices of pizza, we got, we were caught, like, the other one was like, I'm gonna die, I'm about to die, um, my turn to, like, whoever was dying, it was their next turn to go buy the next drink, like, doubles, and, mm-hmm. and some slices of pizza, and 
we beat that motherfucking game. That Simpsons game, man. That was a fun... Like, it, it, it was... We walked in there, and it, like, gave us the finger. Like, fuck you. Mm. <laughs> You've tried to beat us before. We're like, guess what? We get that big boy money. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh... It took... And, and yeah. We, we we didn't get kicked out, but I remember dr- uh, breaking my phone because I got mad. <laughs> I had a girlfriend at the time and smashed my phone. I think he's mad at Mr. Burns. Oh, Mr. Burns was not as hard as Smithers. Uh, you're not wrong. Did, wasn't Smithers like still black in that game? I don't think so. Uh, remember when the the first appearance of Smithers? He was he was black and he had like yeah he had like bluish blue uh, white hair. Mm-hmm. That I do recall. I don't think he was for the. I feel like he was just himself for the game. Just he had, normal. He had the lab. Yellow. He had the lab coat on. Mm-hmm. Yep, old school Smithers. Did we really just nice. burn through that many comics? We burned through a lot. Flash, Nightwing. Oh, we got Wonder Girl left. Help me out with that Wonder one, Girl, man. Yeah. Wonder Girl number one. Freaking. Uh, not gonna lie. Freaking. I just Ed threw this in my freaking bin, and freaking. I didn't think nothing of it, and freaking kind of was in and out. But yeah, we start off with this. Uh, We've got these uh, warriors on horseback fighting these women in the Amazon, and who appears to be a young uh, Yara Floor stabs one of them, and freaking, you know, and the guy just responds with, "Oh dear, I do hate the optics of killing a child." Oh shit! Yeah, and then his uh, her mom jumps on top of her, and she and this the this guy comes in and slices her head off with a sword right in front of her daughter. You know, and then we uh, we turn out that this is a flashback and she's on a plane uh, to Brazil. You know, she's going on a Brazilian heritage tour with, uh, she's got this older lady next to her on a plane. You know, we go to Themyscira and, you know, uh, Mount Olympus and Banamigdal and all these places are all like something's going on and all these all these top tier characters are all just randomly looking as she gets off the as Yara Flora gets off the plane and she's in Rio de Janeiro like she doesn't remember anything about it like she says she's never been there and she's going to kind of learn about herself and she's on this, uh, in traffic an hour later on this bus with all these people on this tour. And she's, and the, uh, the driver's flirting with her. And just kind of, they're just kind of, you know, talking a little bit, no big deal. And he's just like, you know, you're not the typical girl that goes on these kind of tours. Not at all. And, you know, right when that happens, there's an accident, which is causing this traffic jam. And she gets out, runs towards this car that's turned upside down, and pulls this guy out of there right before the car explodes. You know, the the other guy, the uh, the guy, the driver that was flirting with her was, you know, hey, uh, you know, I, I didn't, I said you were different. I didn't realize how different you were. I'm a, uh, I'm Jow, and she's just like, oh, hi, I'm Yara. And she's like, oh, funny enough, this isn't the first time I've been called different. 
and freaking, you know, all these, all these people. And like I said, the mascara and Mount Olympus and whatnot are all talking about how we, we've got to go. Y'all need all the volunteers and whatnot, but we got to, it seems like this weapon's been activated. You know, we've got to, I'm done with diplomacy, but the Amazons must be uh, exercised from her native soil. So they're, they're going to get Yara out of Brazil. And the whole time she's uh she's hanging out with her buddy on this tour, and this her buddy's a a guy a vlogger, and just like hey you know I'm gonna make you famous off of this you know. You know he's like you know we're talking about you know we're gonna do you know do this trip upright blah blah blah, and Yara's not amused by this at all. And they're over this over this river this lake, and this music starts playing. And Yara's looking over the side of the uh, of the bridge here, and she's asking if anybody else hears that. And then this this ball and chain come out of the water, wrap around her neck and pull her down. And she can still all she can hear is the music. And then she turns around, you know, and then she looks up. She opens her eyes, and this mermaid is under the water with her. And that's where the episode, uh, the homecoming part one ends. Right. Why wouldn't it? I mean, we've got a transformation going. And the mascara. Is, is this one of those things where we're building to just building Wonder Woman, like, uh, lore? Or, or, or are you feeling that this is more of a cash grab? Because... I, I feel this is more of a cash grab because all of a sudden, like, we've got a Wonder Woman Jr. that's black. I, I have no problem with Wonder Woman being black, but it, it, it's more of a, like, an offense to me that you would have to, this is how you're going to sell comics or make a certain demographic feel okay without... Yeah, I, I think, I mean, it's different. I mean, this this Wonder Girl is Brazilian. Um, but she, uh, we got, we got Nubia who's black, but, uh, you know, it's, you know, they've, they've taken, you know, uh, the original Wonder Woman out of the equation right now. You know, I think that eventually is going to build to her coming back and either being okay with these new Amazons or possibly, you know, coming back with a different attitude and fighting them, like making them earn their right to be called. Wonder Woman, right? So I mean, it, it it it's gonna. I don't I don't really think it's a cash grab. I think it's. I mean, I, I'm, I'm it's, all, it's all right. I'm all for diversity, but like, I, I, like sometimes I feel like these. You know, when you overly accentuate their ethnic backgrounds, that it's a cash grab because like, hey we're doing good look we got a Brazilian guy we got a black chick we got a, a LGBTQ dude or chick and um but this sounds awesome I mean it yeah I mean it it, it seemed like a good read I, I didn't mind it like I mean the whole thing too is I'm also not like a huge Wonder Woman fan per se no so like I don't really I don't care it's the same thing like freaking when they did um Umbrella Academy in the show, Allison was black, number three. 
in the in the TV in the uh, comic book, she's white. I'd never read the comic book at that time. I didn't know any better. Never, it never even dawned on me until I read the comic books and she was white. But I mean, in all honesty, I don't care. Like it's cool. Just want a good story. Just yeah. a good story. You know, and this, you know, I'm more intrigued by the fact that freaking this Amazon is from the Brazilian Amazon as opposed to the mascara. The mascara. So that's kind of. I think that's a unique twist on it. So, I mean, that could be fun. It could be like, you know, were there, were there like a smaller band of Amazons that left the mascara to start their own population in the Amazon? Was it somebody did was like an Amazon on vacation, you know, maybe fell in love with somebody, blah, blah, blah. Just kind of never went back to forget the mascara. Was it like one person? There's a drama. It, there's a couple of different things you could do with it. So, and like I said, I'm not, I think the character's cool, but I'm not overly invested to the point where I'm like, oh my God, it's not like they made freaking, you know, if they changed some huge thing about a comic character I was deeply invested in, like if they killed off Dick Grayson Nightwing and made somebody else Nightwing, I may or may not be pissed depending on how they did it. I'd be furious. I completely, I completely hated when they did a... Jim Gordon is Batman when Batman lost it, when Bruce Wayne lost his memory. I, I stuck it out for that whole run, but I hated it. I, I can't think of one great freaking, they didn't have one good issue that I really remember that I'm like, okay, it was bad, but this part was good. But there, there was none of that. You the, know, the I, only just, time... I, just, I just wanted Bruce Wayne back. The only time I've ever accepted anyone other than Bruce Wayne as Batman was Two-Face. When Two Face got his mind back mm-hmm. and his face back, and then we get to that storyline where he eventually couldn't handle it anymore, and being Batman was too too goddamn hiccups was too stressful, mm-hmm. and burned his burned his face just to bring Two Face back so he couldn't be Batman anymore. Oh wow! I don't think I ever read that one. Was that Morrison? No, it wasn't Morrison. It was pre Morrison uh, leaving Marvel. Um, okay. God damn, that was a good ass. Sorry, get the hiccups. You're good. Been trying to kick him, but God, man, that's that's all I got for minefields, man. Let's do minefields after dark. We got a lot oh. to talk about. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Minefield, ready? Minefielders, make sure you go back to your store, get those books that you have not paid for yet, that you should be reading. We're not sorry for all the spoiler, but this is why you listen to us. I'm glad yeah, Colin came back. It. You knew going in. Uh, 100%. That's on you. <laughs> Goddamn fucking hiccups. But this is, uh, this is dangerous. This transmission's over. 